Hello and welcome to episode 22 of the Ball and Chain podcast. I am your host, Mark Thomas, coming to you from Los Angeles. Hope everyone is doing well on this fantastic uh, take off your mask day. Um, that was the big news that we got uh, earlier today from the CDC. And uh, from a sports perspective, uh, it sounds like we're going to start seeing uh, ballparks and arenas get to full capacity. I know Miller Park, well, sorry, American Family Insurance Park, just announced that uh, next month they are going to move to full capacity. I know the, the Bucks uh, announced uh, half capacity, or about 9,000 fans for playoff games starting next week. I know the Wizards and um, Nationals are going to full capacity next month. That's obviously if the Wizards go that far. Uh, well, the, the um, Capitals will definitely... Uh, have that for the playoffs and uh, yeah it looks like we're getting pretty close back to normal which is awesome Um, as always uh, the ball and chain podcast is brought to you by zen sports which is the sports betting platform that offers uh, sports bettors more choices than anything else that's out there so uh, with that introduction I am excited to welcome our guest for today who is Tony Cutia uh, Cutillo who is the um, fantasy football analyst and sports, sports talk host at uh, Fox, uh, The Gambler, and uh, CEO publicist of Rise and React Media. How are you doing tonight, Tony? I'm great, Mark. I really appreciate you having me on. Yeah, absolutely. So why don't we get into uh, first some of the uh, the Gambler and Fox Sports and uh, iHeartRadio uh, stuff that you are uh, currently working on. So is that a uh, sports betting talk show uh, specific? Is it a daily fantasy show? What kinds of topics and things do you guys uh, discuss on there? Man, I'll tell you what, the, it, it's such a, a broad platform. It, it's been amazing. So uh, the, the station was started 18 months ago, and it was specifically started. If everybody knows in Philadelphia, there's two lockdown stations, which is at 97.5 and 94.1. So they've been at it forever. So it was always uh, an, an available space, and, and we call that the gambling space that was there for the taking. So they had this brilliant idea of starting a, a station that's revolved around sports gambling and fantasy sports. And, and it's really taken off because it's given people a different perspective a, a different thing to look at a different dynamic so uh it, it's been really working well uh you know they we do shows and again i'm just a part of the puzzle uh the founder is sean brace shout out to him because without him that station would be nothing he is the program director and we have shows from seven o'clock in the morning till uh till 12 o'clock at night and we go from whether it be fancy sports whether it be gambling we touch a little local perspective national perspective so so many different things for the avid sports at you know i should say the sports listener and a sports gambler to uh to listen to and so is that radio only does it ever make its way into streaming or satellite or tv yeah it's actually well so it's no tv but it's actually both it is on it's broadcast on six different stations it's actually on hd1 as well and it's streamed live nationally uh on the iheart radio app Nice, nice. So what got you actually into um, not just sports betting or daily fantasy sports, but actually going on the air and talking about it, Uh, especially, you know, it's only been a couple of years. Well, I guess we're at three years now since the Supreme Court struck down PASPA um, and states have begun legalizing it. But before that, you know, it was obviously very taboo to 
um, you know, be not just, you know, betting on sports, but of course, even just talking about it on air. And a lot of, uh, you know, top media outlets did not want to ever, you know, kind of associate themselves with it. So, you know, maybe I guess kind of walk me through the evolution of, you know, pre-PASPA before uh, states began legalizing sports betting. And, uh, and then over the last three years, uh, since we're now up to almost 27 states that have sports betting legalized. Man, I'll tell you what, it's, you know, the, the evolution is tremendous. It really is. And, and I bring this, this point up all the time. I, I think you'll probably remember, and anybody who is an avid NFL fan will always remember that the word fantasy football was a technically a mortal sin to be to be mentioned inside the locker room in a press conference right because it was always like you know what we, we do not want to associate ourselves with the word gambling and, and obviously fantasy and dfs is a part of sports gambling and one time probably about i'm gonna say it was five years ago Peyton manning was the first guy to step up in front of a microphone in a press conference and mention say hey i did this for all my fantasy football owners out out there and it was a joke but it was the first time that it was actually injected into the national football league and then people started to think you know what i think this is actually going to have some legs and start to grow and over the years like you said i mean 27 states going to be going to continue to be more because the all the other side of this is the revenue dollars that it brings in for right. specific territories. I mean, there's a reason why DraftKings and FanDuel are synonymous in every single stadium across America. There's a reason for that because there's major ad revenue dollars. There's major tax implications for certain cities that may have, you know, may have issues funding public education, funding so many different areas that sports gambling is being able to help. So the evolution, uh, you know, for me, Mark has been unbelievable to be involved in it just to, as a fantasy i'll be honest with you i'm not a huge gambler uh so, so to speak i am a huge fantasy player uh, and dfs player so that's where i make my moniker on the station but just see the evolution of it and being inside of it has been tremendous right so i mean i'm actually kind of a little bit the opposite i'm much more of a, a sports betting aficionado and much okay. less so uh, DFS, although we actually do offer some DFS features in Zen Sports. So as part of building those features, I got really familiar with how DFS works. And I have to just say in general, one of the things that I've always just kind of been baffled at is why, um, of course, regulators think that uh, picking a lineup for daily fantasy, um, you know, is skill based, but you know, picking the over-under for a team is not. Like, I just, the delineation there and why it kind of took so long for daily fantasy to be legal before traditional sports betting was legal kind of was, it just didn't make sense to me. Do you, do you have any kind of insight as to why that was the case or, you know, what was going on there? I just think people just aren't educated enough. And I think mm -hmm. that's always been the issue because, you know, listen, we remember the old saying was, and some people, the the football purists, the baseball purists would always say, uh, you know, it, it takes away from the game. And my whole argument with that was, I'll tell you what, I, I wouldn't be as, as good as an analyst 
And I wouldn't have as much information and historical data about certain players if I wasn't in to fantasy sports or sports gambling because you have to go within the numbers and you have to read the trends and you you have to read the box scores. That's the only way you're going to know some of these players. So it's actually brought me closer to the game and I've been able to learn the analytics side, which has taught me more about the game in general. So I think, Mark, the whole thing is people are just uneducated about the world that we live in and i think they just they're quick to pass judgment on something that they never give a chance yeah and i think the other thing about that you touched on a good point there with regards to you know knowledge about the game and what's going on and and fan engagement for that matter i mean i think one of the big reasons and of course in addition to the uh, revenue dollars that are going to come from uh sports betting one of the other big reasons why the leagues themselves are really embracing sports betting uh, is really because of the engagement that it drives, right? I mean, especially if a game is a total dog at halftime or, uh, you know, is a matchup that nobody cares about um, or is a blowout by the fourth quarter. I mean, what's going to keep people watching Uh, daily fantasy and sports betting, right? And so I, I just think that if, you know, as the media companies look at it, as the sports leagues look at it, um, what's going to keep, you know, eyeballs on the TV set, what's going to keep people watching, what's going to keep people listening, it's going to be sports betting. And, you know, the next generation of sports bettors, they want to be able to, they want to do what they want to do with their money. They don't want to be told yes or no, they can't do this. And, and they love sports, but adding that extra element where um, people can wager on the next play, where people can wager, of course, in the traditional sense or wager daily fantasy, I think it just adds the heightened excitement to it. Um, and you know, it can't hurt. And so I, I'm just, I'm really thrilled that we went from one state in Nevada to having legalized sports betting to 27 in just three years. And I mean, I think we're at, boy, I want to say like 46 or 47 with daily fantasy legal. I mean, it's, it's, yep. it's almost the whole country. Right. Um, so I think that's, that's pretty amazing. Nah, it really is. Uh, th- and you make a great point about fan engagement because there, you know, there's so many that, Remember, with football, for everybody who you know who wants to understand what we're talking about, there's a reason why they made a flex game in football when they did the schedule. It's because they were afraid that people would not be in tune with one of the games they were putting on national television. Well, now that flex game isn't that big of a deal because you have sports betting and you have daily fantasy. So you will always be engaged in the game, no matter if it's a close game or a blowout. doesn't matter. You're tuning into that game specifically for what you have at stake and and that's what it is and and i think that's where the purists have a problem with because i don't care about who wins or loses actually i do Mm -hmm. but there is a way where you could separate yourself and say i can still be a fan of the game and i can still be a casual sports gambler as well and you can mix the two and still have a happy medium and still make everybody happy so i you know again i I am so glad like you said i mean you talk 47 states and and 27 when it comes of gambling it's just something i think we need especially baseball right. if you're talking about a sport that needed to inject some kind of enthusiasm it's got to be major league baseball did you hear that actually adam silver told rob manford don't speed up the pace of play because baseball is one of the perfect sports for betting on the next play at the current pace that it's at wow <laughs> unreal yeah because uh you know you know obviously they're looking to experiment with like a pitch clock um, and other things to speed up the game in between pitches and whatnot. And and Silver told Manfred, no, no, no. Like your pace of play is actually perfect for that. But the problem is 
Major League Baseball is way behind the curve in terms of sports betting compared to the NFL and NBA, right? And so it's they've almost got the worst of both worlds where their pace is slower and they're not taking advantage of the slower pace with the um, with the uh, sports betting. So and the next play and in game betting. So that's uh, yeah, it's it's really interesting because I mean, and and that goes to also the point with uh, Silver. I mean, he was the first one to write the uh, op-ed piece in the New York Times back in 2014 that sports betting should be legalized. And I'm, I'm sure that, you know, that obviously helped weigh in in some of the, you know, the legal cases as it made its way to the Supreme court and all that good stuff. So, yeah, I mean, it's, uh, it's, it's interesting. You're right. I think base, baseball really needs sports betting baseball and, and mm. baseball should be like going, baseball should be going all in <laughs> on it in every way. Yep. No, so, I agree. I agree so let, completely. So let me ask you this um, between daily fantasy and traditional fantasy uh, sports, um, which one do you tend to focus on if either, or is it kind of 50, 50? Um, and can you kind of explain, uh, the difference between the two for our audience that might not, they might just think fantasy and they might not know the difference between like a season long league or daily fantasy sports, like what DraftKings and FanDuel offer. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, what I will say is, you know, I, I was del- designing traditional fantasy leagues for 20 plus years and, and an avid fantasy traditional player and never even tiptoed into the world of daily fantasy until the pandemic hit. I'm mm. going to be 100% honest. So I, I was not a DFS guy. I, I didn't believe in it. I, I was I was a hardcore traditional guy. I enjoyed that you, you had the freedom and flexibility of owning your players throughout mm-hmm. the entire season, right? You were like your own GM. You had to make moves. You, you had to drop. You had to add. So I thought there was a huge science behind it. And I was like, you know what? DFS, what's the big deal? Guys just pick their guys and they're good to go there's no i'll tell you what was i dead wrong because when a pandemic hit and i started i said you know what I, I have some time on my hands let me dive into this and i started playing it and obviously because of COVID, you know a lot of traditional fancy leagues and for everybody out there the biggest difference a traditional league is you know you have your normal draft before the season starts those are the players you have for the entire 16 well now 17 game season and then what happens is you can make moves throughout the year but for the most part 90 percent of your team will stay the same whereas daily fantasy you're putting it in a, a different lineup every single week when we talk about football and we talk about other sports it's daily that's what they call it daily fantasy so a lot of people like that because you know if aaron Rodgers has a bad week it, you know they, and, and maybe he looks like he's going to be a bust this year it's mm-hmm. not you know your normal guy you can change him up every well week. if he leaves the packers i that's hope he busts. I like that <laughs> what's that i said if he leaves the packers i hope he turns into a bus <laughs> oh yeah i know that's a that's a story for another day yeah, that's a story for another day right it's, there so 100 so, so let's talk yeah, about, it, let's talk it, about the strategy between, dynamic. let's talk about the strategy between the two like what do you do differently for daily fantasy versus a season-long fantasy league uh you know daily fantasy uh, listen i i mean we could talk about just looking at it as a whole right now so when this this podcast becomes available you're going to understand that that what the science and analytics behind the injuries uh, for the NBA. I mean, just to just talk about NBA for a second, because it has been so difficult to formulate your lineup in daily fantasy because these teams like tonight in Philadelphia, Joel Embiid was, was basically ruled out and then five for game time. He's in warmups and he's playing. So, you know, it's so hard. So the strategy is 
wait until the last minute. And it's a lot more work because you're literally sitting under the gun waiting for these things to happen that you have to be able to formulate your lineup that fast. Now, the, you know, the different strategy in, in traditional fantasy is, you know, you're looking at the biggest thing is the draft and you have to kind of, you know, you, you have to predict where certain guys are going to fall with their, mm-hmm. their the, right. What their average daily value is, what their ADP, which is huge. You always look at, at your ADP, which is where your average draft position, right? So you have to think about the other guys in your league. Okay. It's the third round and three quarterbacks were gone. You know, can, you know, I know those guys are ahead of me. They're probably not going to draft another quarterback so I can wait. So the strategy, is completely different between the two. Yeah, and the thing is with that's interesting with daily fantasy is that you really I, I just I just find it to be so fascinating like the different kind of um you know well strategies I guess is probably the best word for it where it's like gosh I really want to load up on these two amazing guys but if I do that like I've blown through half my salary cap. Yeah. <laughs> and then I I pretty much I don't I'm going to have all nothings and so those two better outperform like even their numbers uh, to have a chance. But I think that, I, I think, look, I'd say this, the, the real time like gratification that kind of a little bit is what the society today that we have always is looking for probably suits the, the process of daily fantasy sports very well. I mean, they're able to quickly bet, quickly get into action on that day you know, watch the, the point totals rack up in real time, you know, pick the lineups, uh, you know, watch the point totals rack up in real time. And if that doesn't go well, boom, they're on to the next day. Right. It's like, it's like, it's, it's, it's faster paced. You probably move quicker through it. Um, you can almost forget about it the next day and move on to the next lineup. Um, whereas in the season long thing, you're right. It's, it's probably a lot more methodical. It feels like you have to like, you know, analyze what everyone else in the draft is doing. Um, and then, I mean, I guess, one question I have, because uh, I'm not too familiar with season long leagues is, you know, how easy is it to get in and out of players if they're underperforming or, um, you know, injured? I mean, it's obviously you can't p- take somebody else that someone else has. Are you basically kind of screwed? Like if you pick Aaron Rodgers and he gets hurt or something, you're, you're out of luck. Well, it's all about the free agency pool, right? So, okay. you know, the pool is either deep, depending on the size of the league that you're in. So if you're in a 10-man league, the free agency pool is a little deeper than if you were in a 12- or a 14-team league because now mm-hmm. that's, again, a 14-league team, that's four more players per team, okay? When you look at it, you're already taking 56 players off of that free agency pool. So it all depends on how deep your league is. Now, you you know, the, the science behind it is, you know, knowing when to cut bait with certain players, not waiting until the last minute because, you know, those first four or five weeks, you know, you're going to have those breakout candidates that are going to come out that weren't drafted. You say, wow, where did this guy come from? Uh, but after that week five or six, those guys aren't going to be there anymore. So right. you need to stack up to your team, you know, from a depth perspective to make sure that you're able to overcome a bad injury or a lackluster performance so there is a ton of science in the beginning and dfs is just fully matchup based right so i envision like season long daily or season long fantasy to be more going up against your friends your buddies you know people at work that sort of thing whereas daily fantasy i mean can be pretty cutthroat i mean you're in DraftKings or you're in FanDuel yeah. uh and you're going up against complete strangers all the time you know to to buy for the top prizes is that pretty accurate or are there fantasy leagues like season long ones where you do go up against strangers or i'm just kind of curious like what the demographic of that looks like yeah you know it, it it's funny because a lot of people 
fail to realize that you can actually do a a DraftKings league with your buddies. So mm. you can have the best of both worlds. So you could go on DraftKings yourself. And as long as you have under 20 contestants, you know, if say you, you do a league and there's 20 guys in your league and you say every Friday night, we're going to have a contest. Like I'm in a, a experts analyst leagues with guys from Roto world and ESPN and things of that nature. And we only play on Friday nights. Uh, you know, but there's 20 of us. And you know what? If only 15 buy in that week, well, then the prize money is dispersed between 15 guys total mm -hmm. money, not 20. So, uh, but, you, you know, you can do that in DraftKings. So you kind of get that buddy aspect in the DFS realm. But for the most part, most of the leagues are friendly leagues or coworker leagues. But I'll tell you what, you do have some high roll, high money traditional leagues as well. But really? they are starting to be far and few between. Really? Okay. Yeah, I was going to say. And then the Friday one you're talking about that you do with, you know, potential strangers on uh, uh, DraftKings is Daily Fantasy. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. So th that started a couple of years ago and you know, what happened was there, there, there was a guy Mike Barner who, who does a lot of work for uh rotowire. And he said, yo, we're going to start a league up. We want to get everybody kind of on a uh, you know, level playing field, every, all these analysts within the industry and, and, and go up against each other and see, and see how you do. So uh, it's been very exciting because you're kind of testing your knowledge against guys like a Mike Clay from ESPN and, and, and you're trying to figure out, you know what? Am I thinking along the same wavelength as some of these guys? So it's really cool and very interesting to see where you stack up. Yeah, I was going to say, so, I mean, since you're in the sports world from a media perspective, are you ever going up head to head against other folks that are like also yep. like at ESPN or Fox Sports and stuff like that? You know, those guys that are really or gals that are really like knee deep in a lot of the stats and statistics. Um, and maybe you are too. I mean, we didn't talk about kind of your strategies of, of research and whatnot, but I'm just kind of curious, like, uh, like who those other folks might be. And you don't have to name names, but like, I mean, are they from certain you know places or networks? And, and then what do you do from a research perspective as well on uh, when it comes to that? Yeah, you know, I, I'll tell you what, one thing on, especially now in the days of social media, the fantasy football community uh, on social media is, is tremendous. And I, I, I say fantasy football because there, there is, even though it's fantasy sports, fantasy football has a tremendous community of people that support one another throughout the industry and i'm talking from the low level guy to to guys like matthew barry on espn uh it really is and it's 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 pretty phenomenal uh the the way it works so yeah i mean you, you can join leagues all the time against strangers but yeah i know i like to play up against guys that i feel like are in and gals for that perspective that are in my my wheelhouse in the sense that i i want to be able to judge myself and and, and my analytics based on other people and it, i'll tell you what it feels really good uh, to be honest with you when i do my own research and, and when you talk about research listen everybody does different research like I, I i give you an idea they all have their different theories i have a lucky number 13 mm -hmm. and everybody says what's your lucky number 13 for me it, you know it, and we're talking about major league baseball dfs specifically i want a pitcher who's going to give me somewhere 13 and plus combined innings pitch and strikeouts i don't look at the matchup I don't look at anything. I look at innings pits. I look at strikeouts. So that guy consistently is giving me seven innings and striking out six and 13. I want him. 
So, and, you know, but that's my rule. So everybody has their own analytics that they go by, but that's one of the things I, I drive into when we're, when we're talking about a fantasy standpoint. But uh, listen, research can go morning, noon, and night. But uh, the last thing I'll say is it, it, it's very comforting when you do your own analytics and you do your own research. And then what you do is you go read an article and you see some of those same guys that you talked about are being talked about by guys that are on a higher level than you. So you know you're doing the right thing. That's awesome. And I actually want to use that as a segue to talk about you know, from the media or the writing or the analyst perspective, you know, what you disseminate to your audience and what they're looking for. So, you know, going from, you know, how you analyze your, uh, you know, uh, both daily fantasy sports as well as season long fantasy and what you do for yourself, but now, you know, putting yourself or putting our audience in the shoes of other audience members when they're, you know, hearing you uh, talk about it, what are things that they're looking for? What are topics that they're going to find interesting that will make it a good show? I mean, what what do you get into um, either on a routine basis or maybe on a one-off basis that makes it for good content that you're trying to produce? Because at the end of the day, that's obviously what that part is about too. No, you're, you're 100% correct. So it's funny. Number one, I would say a, a word called reassurance. Uh, most of the audience wants reassurance of the players that they picked, the lineups that they put in. Uh, they consistently want to know, am I on the same logic or the same wavelength as you? And, you know, the lineup questions are indicative of what a daily fantasy player is. Now, I, I will say I do all different kinds of shows. So, you know, the, the difference is for Fox Sports, the gambler, I actually do a, a 90 second vignette every single day that plays it. 350 that you know what i do is i profile either i match up a player a couple players a performance and you know and, and i produce that and it plays for 90 seconds and it gives everybody you know i call it the fastest 90 seconds of fantasy sports and it gives everybody a little information on whether a guy i'm looking at for that night or for the following week or etc then on the weekends i do a little something different i do a a, a one-hour show every Saturday and Sunday in the mornings, 9 a.m., uh, for Win Daily Sports. And what I do is I literally break down the entire slate when it comes to Major League Baseball, National Football League, NBA. And I will share the screen, go one by one each game. And because mm -hmm. the viewers, what they the audience wants to know is, are you just spitballing guys out there? Or you actually have some kind of, you know, credence and, and analytics behind your decisions and don't be afraid. Like I, I say it all the time, I'm not going to be perfect, right? We all, we're all going to listen the, the, the right. best thing about sports gambling and fantasy sports is nobody's perfect because if they're perfect, okay, there's a problem, right? So <laughs> you're always going to have your good days. You're going to have your bad days. But the thing is, as long as your logic based upon your picks is justified even your bad days are wins yeah and the the audience can choose to say yeah that fits with the strategy that i'm looking for don't you know what this particular episode just doesn't i'm gonna pass but at the end of the day like you know do your own research it's just the same as anything else out there like stock trading or obviously sports betting yep. you know i mean you can have somebody make calls and picks and give you their analysis but at the end of the day you know, it's still up to you to place that money out there to, you know, ultimately win or lose. And so you should be using, I, I think, I, I kind of like what you said before, like in terms of confirmation, right? Like yep. this is my strategy and this is what, you know, he's saying that might fit into that. Um, and if it, and if it doesn't fit into that, okay, then maybe I go back and look at it. 
or if it's a completely different topic, maybe, you know, that topic just for the day isn't for me and that's fine. That happens. Um, but, you know, trying to understand if my train of thought is right versus, oh, I'm just coming into this episode totally from scratch. I don't have anything kind of planned out yet. Now tell me what to do. I mean, you're not going to probably be able to help with that episode. Right. And, and, and so I, I think the best thing that I, one of the most important things obviously you mentioned this earlier which was you know audience engagement and i think the best part about having a live show is being able to change your stance on the fly because there's there's plenty of times and, and i'll be honest you know when i do these shows on the weekend uh, for Windale sports uh, we have some pretty hardcore avid sports betters uh you know and and daily fancy players and they'll they'll jump in to the stream and they'll say something and i and, I, and right away i'm like you know what i never even thought about that mm-hmm. like you know and, and actually and they enjoy that because i'll be honest i listen everybody has an opinion right everybody right. And, and that's what makes this world so great and i can't catch everything you can't catch everything so it's kind of like a collaboration of, of building that perfect lineup together and i think that's one of the, the the best things that we do on the weekend is allowing the audience to be a part of what those winnings could be and are there certain sports or leagues that you primarily focus on on the on the shows um, or that people prefer? Is it NBA, NFL, Major League Baseball? Do you ever delve into kind of like, you know, uh, other sports like hockey or anything like that? Oh, so so for me, I'm not a puck guy and I'm not a golf guy. Right. <laughs> so so one of the other ventures that I have is I started my own sports network called Heat Ratio Sports. And we have hmm. guys within Heat Ratio Sports that do. Uh, they do live PGA betting uh, guys. Chris Exusen and Mark Drumheller are two guys that do amazing work. I have guys that do hockey betting, that do hockey shows. So I, I allow those guys to stay in that realm. But for me personally, uh, NFL will always be my number one. But I'll tell you what, I absolutely, over the last year, I love NBA DFS. Uh, it, it is one of the most exhilarating uh, fantasy gameplays for me of all. I, it really is. A, and, and again, I think it's more, I am a basketball fan. I'm a basketball mm-hmm. lover, but j- just to be able to, to understand how the game, I, I, a lot of it, listen, Russell Westbrook has been unbelievable this year, right? So right. to see the, the, the numbers that he's been able to put up and, and you're analyzing that data that's the thing you're just not watching on sports center you're analyzing this data to see how special it really is i think that's what makes nba dfs so great but isn't there a problem what like you brought up before where i mean the whole issue we see this on the sports betting side all the time with load management and injuries and you know just i'm talking about the regular season of course um you know we're trying to navigate the waters of who the hell is playing and who's not is just a challenge in and of itself or is that part of the strategy and play is getting to that information before somebody else does um i'm just kind of curious how all that plays into that because that is that's a huge problem slash unique aspect of the nba that you don't get in the other sports no it, you're right it, it really is and low management is huge and and it, it, it's actually a secret win uh for the very in tune avid dfs player because i'll give you an example like last night you have a guy like mike james playing for brooklyn who is only a three thousand dollar value player and he becomes a hot commodity when you find out guys on Brooklyn may not be playing. Right. So uh, you, you look at that, right. 
and he's going to pick up those extra minutes. But here's the thing, you know, it, the difference is uh, like you, I know you're an avid sports better. So the lines don't change at DFS, right? So when you're playing a DFS play, you know, if, if Kyrie Irving's out and, you know, Mike James is in and he was $3,000, you know, five hours ago, guess what? Mike James <laughs> is still $3,000, right? Right. right. So that's where the wins come in on DFS. So it's a lot of work. You have to be, I, it's funny. You know, I have a family, I have children, I have, I, you know, other jobs. And I say between the hours of six to seven, I need to be just, nobody needs to bother me because <laughs> right. Because I, at first pitch first tip, I need to be on top of everything. Cause so many things change. Right. And it would make sense that like, especially with daily fantasy, you probably want to wait as long as you can before getting yep. in. Is that really kind of part of the, like what most people do? They, they're not going to like obviously set their lineup like 12 hours in advance or something like that. I mean, they want to really understand where the news is coming in that day. So do you try to get in as like as last second as possible? So there's two parts of your lineup and everybody does this differently. Now I actually put my lineups in early in the morning and I do that okay. specifically because I, I look at core players. I have a core and, you know, your core could be two players, could be three players, could be four, depending on what you do. Uh, but I, I take those core players, I throw them in there and then I go right to the value guys. I love finding value. Right. So, and, and I throw them in there and then I go back on later on in the day and, and look at the news and, and look at the injury report and see if I need to adjust. Mm -hmm. All right. And, and then here's the thing where a lot of people don't understand how, how close involved DFS and gambling and sports betting is you always want to look out those couple games where those over and unders are high, right? So if you see an over and under from Vegas at 231, 235, 226, I want DFS stock in that game. Because mm -hmm. that means there's going to be a lot of points scored, right? right? That line's telling you something, right? So you know, there are the things you have to take in perspective and that's how they work together. So you're allowed to edit your lineup then right up until the, the, oh, the opening yeah. tip yeah okay yes, that, that makes that makes sense so i want to also talk about the um you know media company that you yourself have um yes. that you started yourself so rise and react media started this a couple of years ago a year and a half ago or so um what does this do uh what does rise and react media do and uh why did you start it uh, it's very, really, really, uh, very self-rewarding and, and a really cool story because, you know, I got started at a very young age, uh, with raising a family. Obviously everybody has their own story, but very transparent, had a, had a child, very young age, got married, young age, dropped out of school and, and, and had to rebuild myself. Right. So, you know, mm -hmm. I said, okay, I'm gonna rebuild myself, went back to school, got my degree. And I said, you know, I, I was making money, you know, on an employment level of where I needed to put food on the table wasn't what I wanted to do it was what I needed to do right so we all have those kind of stories and you know while I was sitting at work one day I seen an ad come out and that somebody was looking for a pitch writer and I was like wow what I want a, a pitch writer was I, I was really intrigued and I, I read that dove into it and you know on a whim I applied as an entry-level position and you know did a couple things and I got hired on the spot and, and I never even wrote a media pitch before in my life. And I was like, wow, I'm like, this is pretty, pretty cool. So uh, I, I got in got tight with the guy. It was called Eclectic Media PR. And, you know, you know, he, he took a chance on me. And for five years, he developed me into uh, a publicist, which is something I never thought I could do. And, and then he unfortunately passed away suddenly. 
And I had to make a decision. And it was like, do I continue to go on this at a level as a freelancer? You know what? Do I have enough experience to dive in and make my own company? And and I decided I did that in 2019. Uh, Rise and React Media was was born. And what we do is so many different things. The biggest thing is, you know, if you have a book, if you have a movie, if you have a project, you know, if you have a speaking career, if you if you have something that needs to get exposed, that you're not getting enough exposure on, that's what we do. Whether it's uh, radio interviews, podcast interviews, TV interviews, uh, digital media brochures, um, you know, public events, virtual events, uh, social media marketing, uh, everything that we do, but you want your own podcast. We, we do the logo, we do the music, we do the editing, we do production, uh, everything you need to get your brand on cue. So uh, it, it's, it's been, it, it's been very, very successful. I'm, I'm happy to say, and uh, I continue to build more and more of a client base every single day. Uh, and it's, it's interesting too. You, you have to like what you do, Mark, just like, you know, uh, you, you really right. do. And if you're passionate about what you do, not only will you be successful, you'll be happy doing it as well. Exactly. They always say, if you do what you love, you'll never work a day in your life. That is true. Uh, it's that so true. true. Yeah. I mean, in, you know, it's, uh, from my perspective, you know, I love, you know, uh, being an entrepreneur, love uh, yep. technology, uh, you know, with, uh, with Zen sports, obviously it's right up my alley with, uh, from a sports and a sports betting perspective. So, yep. you know, it doesn't get much better than that. And that's awesome. So are, are your clients, for Rise and React Media, are they mostly sports-related uh, companies, or are they just, I mean, anything kind of across the gamut? Yeah. I mean, uh, to be honest with you, I do not re- represent one athlete at hmm. all, <laughs> which is, you know, which is odd, but it, 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 and that's why I love it so much, because, you know, what I do is uh, I represent people, whether it be authors uh, I, I've done work for uh, movie companies. Uh, I've, you know, I, I'll give you a little insight. One of my coolest clients ever. I worked for a guy named Robert Mazur, who was a former FBI undercover agent that worked undercover with Pablo Escobar. Oh wow! Uh, you, you can Google that. It's a really cool story. Uh, turned into a movie called The Infiltrator, which was started with Brian Cranston uh, from Breaking Bad. Uh, so I did work for that, which was was really really cool. Uh, so things things like that. I you know the the, the COVID when it hit it changed the media industry a little bit, right? Right. So, oh, yeah. Right? So I, I was able to hook up and broker deals with uh, TV1 and, and BET and, and get credentialed on their list to be able to do virtual interviews. I I, I worked uh, with within the documentary for Salt and Pepper. I worked for the documentary Wendy Williams. I uh, did media work for them as well, whether it be, you know, press releases or media tours. Uh, so I work with a various variety of clients from your average roofing company uh to your, wow. your right to to, to your <laughs> b-level actor to your hmm. a-level actor they're all on the map so i mean that must be interesting trying to develop the relationships with different media outlets yep. to so, to you know suffice all those different industries and personalities and people because what a roofing company needs is obviously very different than what an actor needs um yes. you know in terms of i mean you would almost think that the roofing company is probably more looking to, you know, it's almost kind of an extension of marketing for them. Whereas the, you know, the, the actor, yeah, they might get some of that, but they also might need things like, 
I don't know, damage control if there's an issue or they may, <laughs> yeah. you know, you know, they may only need it like, I guess, sporadically, like if they have a movie coming out and stuff like that, it must be, must be really interesting trying to develop all those necessary media relations for those types of folks. It really is. And, and, and the biggest thing is networking. Uh, you know that as well. In mm-hmm. every industry we do, networking is the most important thing that you can do. And, and it, it, it opens up so many different avenues that, sometimes you never even knew were available or even existed. Right. So, uh, it, you know, and it, it, it's really fascinating, not only for those avenues to open up, but to deal with these clients and understand their story as well. Uh, you know, like what have they done? What, what are they trying to promote? Why did they write the book? What kind of story do they have? Well, you know, what are their experiences? So, uh, you know, you learn a lot yourself. Uh, you know, I, 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 um, I work with a guy right now and Dr. Claudio Starulo is an anti-bullying expert. And, you know, what he does, he travels around the country and he does speaking arrangements for, for kids that have been bullied in, in, in mm. school. Mark, Mark Marrow did work for, who is a, a former WWE superstar uh, who has his own bullying organization, uh, mm. you know, that, that does the same kind of, you know, perspective. So there's so many different things you get to open your eyes up to, which is pretty cool. No, that, that's really, that's really awesome. And it probably gives you like a little bit of a, a break from, you know, yes. the other, you know, uh, daily fantasy and the sports <laughs> and the sports betting. Um, yep. I mean, I think diversity and, uh, you know, uh, diversifying, not just, you know, your financial portfolio, but also your work life portfolio is really very important too. I mean, it's your brain to, you know, get invigorated, doing different things and, um, meeting different people and you're hundred percent right that the network is everything. And, um, I'm actually really hopeful. A lot of in-person events are, they're already starting to come back. Um, oh, you know, yeah. from a, a networking perspective, it's going to be, it's going to get uh, easier again, uh, to get back out networking. Not that we can online. Of course we can do it on all the social media outlets, but I think it's, I, I, I love the in-person stuff. That's one of the things that I probably miss most about, um, uh, from a work perspective, uh, from COVID, Actually, there's two things. One are the fans in the stands, which is coming back pretty quickly here now, which is great. And then the second for me is uh, just like the the business networking events um, and, uh, you know, going to national conferences and being able to network and meet with those people, you know, is, is, is awesome. And, you know, you meet people that you wouldn't otherwise and that you form strong, you know, relationships with. And uh, they can be both, of course, uh, business and, um, you know, uh, business relationships as well as friends for life. And, and so that's, that's pretty amazing. Um, well, look, Tony, I mean, you've been uh, an amazing guest today on the ball and chain podcast. I really appreciate you showing up um, quickly. How can people uh, find you out there online in uh, cyber world? Oh wow, well, I'm, I'm I'm everywhere. Man. You're everywhere. So, you're everywhere, <laughs> am, man. I'm not. I, I'm not saying I, I am. So listen, hey, if you're if you're an avid fantasy football player or fantasy baseball or basketball or, or a DFS guy, you want to listen Fox Sports the Gambler, you can hear me every single day, three fifty uh, p.m. Like I said, I do a ninety Eastern second time. vignette. Right, you can hear me every Saturday and Sunday uh, on at Win Daily Sports, where I do an hour long called the Fantasy Firebox every Saturday and Sunday. And you can find me from a sports perspective, talking about local and national opinions, not from a fancy standpoint, just from a normalcy standpoint on heat ratio sports. So they're all YouTube networks. You can find us on YouTube and uh, you know, and if you have a media concern at rise react at media rise, rise react media. If you're looking for media help, you can find me there as well. Awesome. Great, Tony. Well, this was a fantastic 
uh, time with you tonight. I appreciate you. I know you're on the East Coast staying up late with me here. Uh, thanks again for being on our pod and uh, really appreciate your time again. Absolutely, Mark. I appreciate you having me on.